Salutations, everyone, and welcome to the Triple War Podcast, the Retro Wrestling Report. My name's Warren. How's everybody doing? Fantastic episode, or pre-show, I should say, coming up for you guys. Um, let's get right to the compadres. Brother Chris, how are you? How are you, Steve? I'm doing good. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Let's let's get into it, man. And Justin Pilcher, all the way from uh, the great state of Texas. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, as always. I knew you were gonna do it. I tried to go in a different direction, and you just you steered the car right back to it. Chris, thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. I'm glad you could be here, Pilch. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. The old getting angry. He's getting angry. Getting no, no, I'm not getting angry. It, it's, it is pre-show Wednesday. There's no reason to get angry. We have a. We guys still have to announce what we're going to watch this week. We have some big... AEW news to talk about. We also, uh, by the time of this recording, we're recording this on Sunday night, uh, December 6th, which is TakeOver War Games. We're going to go through some picks because we conveniently, thank you, Ric Flair, we conveniently did not watch the uh, the pay-per-view. Chris, I'm looking at you. We conveniently did not watch the pay-per-view so we can make our picks and then we'll go over them next pre-show. So, in response to that, before we get into this pre-show, the only reason I had to look at you is because our first time doing picks. I know. I remember. I was there. Brought it there. You brought it upon yourself. You have nobody, nobody else to blame but yourself. You make one mistake and you never live it down. <laughs> That's whatever. You are really good at cheating, Chris. <laughs> Thanks. Plenty of uh, plenty of experience with that. But let's get into it. This week, coming up on Sunday, the Triple R podcast will get extreme. We are watching. ECW's Heat Wave 1998. A- <laughs> I'm sorry. What is I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> what in the world is going on? I, I got I got war games on, right? And Dexter Loomis just crawled across the entire ring, like scraping his crotch against it, and I'd never seen him do that before. <laughs> and I just, I wasn't ready for it. It was really funny. And he's doing that face he always does, like the dead stare. Like it was just, it really caught me off guard. I'm sorry. Okay. So, so just for for clarification, <gasps> we all submitted our picks yesterday from the time of this recording. So, Chris, watching NXT TakeOver 
uh, war games right now is is okay. He already right, submitted. I, I made sure to put my picks in first so I could watch it. And then uh, Chris also exposed himself as he doesn't watch NXT that often because Dexter Loomis does this all the time. I've never it's seen one him. Of his I've never seen things. him in an actual match. I've never seen him in an actual match. I've always seen him like run in and like surprise people. I've never seen him actually wrestle. This is the first time I'm actually seeing him wrestle. That is his entrance. And <laughs> really Dexter, weird. It's really <laughs> weird. Dexter Loomis, uh, if you guys remember the show on Showtime, Dexter, he definitely gives me Dexter kind of vibes. I think with that's it. the point. I think he's stealing I, the whole thing, right? You know, weirdness. Oh, 100%. Hundred percent. Oh man, can his jeans be any tighter? <sighs> they're like they're on there, man. He's wearing them things. Uh, they probably could be. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's look ahead real quick. As as Chris has uh, take over on in the background, ECW Heat Wave nineteen ninety eight, a loaded top-to-bottom card with everybody that is anybody in ECW in 1998. Um, I, for one, was always a huge ECW fan. Um, I I was one of those people that stayed up until 1 and 2 in the morning to watch it come on our local Madison Square Garden channel uh, and then would be disappointed if, either, if I either A, fell asleep and missed the episode or stayed up for nothing because for whatever reason it wasn't on that week. Um, it was one of definitely one of the highlights of my uh, high school years, we'll say. Uh, Chris, me, I'll go to you first. Anything from this six match card that has piqued your interest and you're interested to see when we watch it uh, and talk about it coming in, uh, coming up on Sunday. Uh, honestly, the only thing that really piques my uh, interest is the Masato Tanaka Mike Awesome match because I, I, I knew you were gonna say that. I remember that feud, <laughs> and I remember they would always on their weekly show. Maybe it wasn't their weekly show. Maybe it was. No, it was. was, it was. It, they, I feel like on on MSG they would just re show clips of stuff like over and over and over again. So by the time. When ECW made their debut on TNN, yeah, then it seemed like they just aired a lot of the same matches. Right. One of those same matches was always a Masato Tanaka yep. versus Mike Awesome. Match. They did what it was like one time they were doing it, and it was just they showed that whole rivalry. Yep. rivalry. So it was yep. just every Masato Tanaka, Mike Awesome match. And I was just like, these guys are insane. They really hate each other. <laughs> I just thought every match there goes all the way back to their time in japan yeah uh justin pilcher what um from this card has piqued your interest and you're interested to see so i was actually pretty excited to watch the rvd sabu title defense and Mm -hmm. i'm curious warren RVD and Sabu are both from Michigan, from what I gathered during this pay-per-view. Is that correct? <laughs> so um, so RVD is from Battle Creek, Michigan. 100%. Yeah. 
when RVD and Sabu teamed together, instead of Sabu being from Bombay, India, he became uh, moved from Bombay, India to Bombay, Michigan. Is there really a Bombay, Michigan? I'm not 100% sure. Well, that that was my big question. Is Sabu just a white dude from Michigan? Because that like kind of destroys the whole argument there. I, I can I can effort where he's legitimately from, um, but I'm pretty sure it's not Michigan. All right. Well, I mean, we'll see. Uh, so I have just efforted it. <laughs> His name is Terry. First of all. <laughs> I did this earlier when because uh, I had to say like where like what what's Sabu up to now? So you know I gave a little look out to Sabu, and right now his residence is in Las Vegas, Nevada, in the mm-hmm. United States. Back then, it does show that he was billed from Bombay or Saudi Arabia first, then Bombay, India, then Bombay, Michigan. Um, but I think he's just some dude from Las Vegas named Terry. I th- <laughs> it looks like he was originally born in, um, it's a Long Island or Staten Island, one or the other. Let's see. Personal. Sabu, white dude from Michigan. Classic USA. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Let's see. The one match that I was looking forward to, actually, there's two. Um, being a big fan of Taz and Bam Bam Bigelow and remembering their rivalry from back then, I was really interested to see uh, to see that match. Um, I wasn't. Sh- I knew when I was picking an ECW pay per view, I wanted to have one of their two big matches. It was either this one or their previous one. Their previous one, as they mentioned, or we'll get into that later. Um, so I went with this one. The second one I was interested in seeing was this Dudleyville street fight with Tommy Dreamer, the Sandman, and little Spike Dudley with against Bubba Ray, Devon, and Big Dick Dudley. Um, just just because of the the craziness, and I remember uh, the heat that the Dudley boys would. Garner from the fans at the the smallest thing. That's always a uh, a good uh, good aesthetic, we'll say. Um, but there really isn't. When we get to it on Sunday, there there's really not going to be a a bad match on this card. At least I don't think. Okay, now moving on to topic number two. There was a big, big bombshell that happened um, this past Wednesday. Like I said, we're recording on uh, December 6th. So the latest episode of Dynamite, AEW Dynamite, there was a major debut of an all-time great, the man known as Sting, made an appearance on AEW Dynamite. And Pill to help me out with this, uh it was Cody and Darby in the ring, and I think they were getting beat down. 
So you had uh, Cody and Darby in the ring versus Ricky Starks and somebody else. Will Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, uh, so I haven't seen much of Will Hobbs. Love Ricky Starks and his work from the oh, NWA. Ricky Starks is great. So Team Taz won this match. Um, well, they well actually they lost the match, but they they won the fight, as you should say. And they're they're beating down mm-hmm. Cody. Uh, Dustin came out to the ring, and Brian Cage came out to the ring, and it was Team Taz all the way. They were Art Anderson even took a kick to the stomach, which I thought was ridiculous. But anyhow, they had uh, Cody pinned up, getting ready to be hit with the FTW title. And then as soon as that happened, the lights went out. They showed this like video package over the Jumbotron. And then Sting came out and everyone ran away like scolded dogs. And it was amazing. Now, I have just one small question. Was it amazing for everybody or was it just amazing for Tony Schiavone because he lost his mind when Sting came out Uh, I mean it was amazing for me I I immediately shot up out of my chair took a picture of my television and sent it to the both of you (laughs) which which cannot be disputed I know I can confirm that um and let me let me justify what I was saying, and I'm not say, I'm not saying that I wasn't shocked and amazed at at him debuting. We were talking about this before we hit record. We didn't see anything online, dirt sheets, any kind of inkling that this could have even been a potential uh, debut. Um, so absolutely nothing. For all we knew, uh, well, geez, I'm hitting the mic. For all we knew, Sting was just going to live off of the his Hall of Fame induction into WWE, even though I think like his technically his contract kind of ran out or whatever the case. Um, and he didn't necessarily re-sign. Um, I don't know the particulars of his, you know, usually they go on Hall of Fame, here's a legend deal, whatever the case. Um I, I I don't even think I would have guessed that Sting would have done anything outside of maybe his own appearances at whatever the case. Um, so I was definitely shocked uh, to see this happen. Now the big question, is it an Arn Anderson kind of thing or a Jake Roberts kind of thing where he's going to take a, an AEW star under his wing? Not a chance. Not a chance. Thing is taking bumps. Thing is there to take some bumps. So this is my concern with this. Because the last time we saw Sting take bumps, Mm. he had, I want to say he did three matches in WWE. It was the one against uh, Triple H at Mania. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to say there was a second that I can't think of off the top of my head. Did he fight Taker? No. No, he did not fight Taker. And and the word word was... Come on now. Sting, Sting 100% wanted to fight Taker, even recently. 
Mm-hmm. Um, even if it was a cinematic match, like D- T- Taker did with AJ Styles, right? Sting was a hundred percent on board with it. I think Undertaker was a hundred percent on board with it too. But Ben shot it down. The powers that be, the powers that be at WWE, which ends up being Vince McMahon, um, according to reports, did not see the interest in in doing that. And this is probably what spurred. Yeah, I I hear you. I hear you. Warren, our fans are not happy about this. No, they're not. And I and I'm in. If you're a wrestling fan of our age that saw what Sting became in WCW, what Undertaker became in WWE, um, this was a dream match that people all wanted. And when Sting, I'm even when Sting, quote when WCW closed and Sting was out there. This was something that, okay, people wanted to see Undertaker versus Sting. Mm -hmm. Even when Sting signs with WWE and debuts at Survivor Series, this is something that they wanted to see then. Unfortunately, it got cut short because of Sting's injury. They still wanted to do it. I don't see why Vince wouldn't get the appeal for it when I don't think there's a single person in the internet wrestling community not even the internet wrestling community it, any fan of wrestling that is a fan of that has been a, a fan as long as we have i don't see why they would would turn that down right could it be that maybe he didn't want to tarnish the legacies of each wrestler by having them go at each other like do you think it would have ruined something like their mystique or I don't even know what, but even saying that you already did that when you ended the undertaker streak. Um, let me stop you there. Cause I don't think this, we're, you know, not so much on the, the topic of the undertaker, but I don't think that ending the streak really tarnished the legacy of, okay. Maybe I, maybe that's not the right word, but like it, 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 it's, but you're but you're asking you're asking if Vince doesn't want to mess up the legacy of the Undertaker and or Sting with a potential match. Right. I don't think if this was an actual match in the ring, like the Saudi the the Super Showdown match that they did Undertaker and Kane versus Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Um a hundred percent pilge. If this was going to be a regular in ring match, I could understand. Okay. Maybe they don't need to go through that because undertaker is just not there. Uh, he's just, he's just not, it's, it's way past his mind and sting because of what last we saw of him with the, the handful of matches, his injury with Seth Rollins. Um, I wouldn't want to see him take no big, huge bumps. But then the one blessing that came through this whole you know, COVID mess, the cinematic match with Undertaker and AJ Styles. The Boneyard match. Um, and, to, and, to, and to an extent, the uh, Cena and Bray Wyatt thing. 
the that uh the the fun house yeah. fun house to an extent to an extent it was just a different way to do it the greatest match ever with Randy Orton and Edge again to an extent how you felt about it you know whatever that is given that I thought that that was going to give the Undertaker uh, a longer lease on a uh, wrestling career and. If it was going to work for the Undertaker, maybe it would work for Sting. But again, Powers to be didn't see, saw it differently. I would. I just don't know if. I don't know if Sting should be in there taking bumps like this. Um, he knows better than I do. It's his body, and I'm sure that he's taking the precautions and. Uh, Gotten the medical checkups and he's been told he's been okay. And if he's okay, by all means, go back and, and do what you want to do. But I just don't want to see – I would hate for it to go down to him getting hurt again. Honestly, I think if we see any sort of Sting match, it's going to be against Jericho. Yes. Ooh, can it be Sting versus the Jericho? Uh, Sting versus the Painmaker, maybe? <laughs> I think Sting. I mean, not Sting. I think Jericho would leave Painmaker in in New Japan. Honestly, uh, see, I don't think so. I think uh, Jericho's going to leave the Inner Circle, which was teased last week. He might bring the Painmaker back, and it, we could get a Sting versus Painmaker match. If I were Sting, and I know I have all these injuries, and you know, I I could get hurt anytime. If I was going to work with anyone, it would be Chris Jericho. So if he does get in the ring, I think it's going to be with Jericho. Um, other than that, then I think he's just going to be a manager for Darby Allen, maybe. You know, that would be that would be a very interesting pairing, the two of them. I think um, even behind the scenes, if, if Sting just talks to Darby Allen about the business and gives him pointers and whatnot, like, uh, you know, what they are, the idea that they're trying to push with the whole coaches thing anyway. Um, I think Sting would be a perfect coach for Darby. I agree. And I think that's something they should explore. And if he does have to get in the ring, I would like him to get in the ring with Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't think, I know the announcement said that it was multi-year and full-time, which is fine. Um, full-time doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be in the ring. He's not going to be wrestling on every right. single it's, dynamite. Jake, Jake Roberts and Taz are both full-time, and they're not in the ring ever. So. Yes. Yep. yep. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll see how this plays out. Very interested to see uh, where this goes. And um, – if we fast forward to the end of of Dynamite on Wednesday, it was the AEW champion John Moxley defending against Kenny Omega, and a uh, little bit of a uh, so Cyrus. I keep wanting to call him Cyrus. Um, wow, why am I drawing a blank on his name? What's his name, Pillars? Yes, Don Callis. Don Callis, who is um, the executive producer or a executive producer with Impact Wrestling right now. Um, 
He's been on a he was last on a pay-per-view. Was last on the impact pay or impact the AEW pay-per-view. Um did some a guest spot of commentary, and he's back here again. But he interjects in the match and cost John Moxley the match. And uh Kenny Omega is now your AEW world champion. They leave the arena, the two of them together. And Don Callis is yelling, see you on Tuesday. Tuesday night is when Impact Wrestling comes on on some channel. <laughs> uh, I believe it's Access TV, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, could this be a potential collaboration with Impact and AEW? Chris, your thoughts, if any. Uh, I don't have really any thoughts. I think that AEW is more willing to work with other promotions and bring them on to their programming to like show unity within like the wrestling community and you know expose people to different styles of wrestling and different other you know promotions and you know cross promotion collaboration is not a bad thing it's a good thing everyone wins in the end um it's something that wwe has done previously but refuses to do now unless they buy a company out all, outright you know mm-hmm. so and i think that kind of i mean you can't really hurt the giant that wwe is at this point but it, it there's so much wrestling out there now it's kind of like weird that you're going to ignore these other promote like these other up and coming promotions like you can't ignore them like they're there and either you try and work with them and you know help each other out or i mean they don't really need help like they could help the other but why would you help your competition so i understand why they don't need to but AEW is in a position where they're trying to build a name for themselves. They're trying to get more content out. They're trying to get more people interested. And best way to do that is to get your name into another well-established promotion. So I think they're going to do it. I think it's in the cards for them. And I think it can only help not hurt. So one of the things that I talked about with, um, my circle of friends, uh, especially when AEW first started, um, was the potential of working, have working arrangements with other promotions, other bigger promotions, um, whether it was Impact, who at the time AEW started, Impact was kind of, I don't know, in the wrong spot. But since Don Callis, uh, and others have taken over, and they're in a much better spot than they are now. Um, I think the if this is a potential collaboration, I think it is. Um, this is the right time for them to do it. Um, and I think because they've even teased a little bit with the uh, the NWA, at least the women, where you've had the NWA Women's Champion on. Um, on AEW programming. Um, I think AEW should take advantage of it. I think it's the right time for Impact to 
to make a move like this. Um, I think they have the talent on the roster now that would be worthy enough of doing this. And you could, I'd still say AEW is number two, at least in America. And then impact would be three. Um, But I think the talent in general is, it would be kind of on the same level playing field. Um, to where, let's say they did a, a AEW versus Impact pay-per-view. I think that would do very good numbers. Um, if they, if the Knockouts champion, uh, oh, what is her name? I'm trying to blank on her name. If the Knockout champion ends up showing up on it on AEW TV or or vice versa, or the the tag champs over there come over and and have a feud the good brothers coming over fighting the young bucks i think that will be an interesting match um i think it's only right uh that they do this i think it's the right time i think it's um potentially could be uh a big i think it could potentially be a big deal and it was big enough for even triple h to put out a statement saying that the wwe is willing to work with other promotions but my only, not concern with that, but my thought with that is WWE for the longest time into this day, they're still the big dog on the block. Uh, whether you watch the programming or prefer other federations, you know, it's hey, WWE is still going to be number one. They're just the biggest, the strongest, whatever. For them to work with somebody else, I think they would want to try and work with somebody that is on their same level or that they feel is on their same level instead of, uh, quote, unquote, beneath them. So for them to work with Impact, I don't think they would see them as an equal. No, I don't I don't think so either. I think they could, they could definitely work with, like, New Japan, which is something I don't understand why they haven't done that already. So that, I think, would be the only logical potential federation for them to work with would be New Japan because everywhere else. They bought them already. Everywhere else, the the indies, they bought them already or they would feel that is a step down. And we're not in the world of of them working together with AEW. Um, That's just not going to happen. Um. Pilch, you are are more of our of the Triple R podcast AEW insider. So, uh, your thoughts on this potential collaboration with uh, Impact Wrestling? You know, my my thoughts are, and I actually really like this. Is I th- I think we could get a cross promotional sort of cup tournament. I think and. Yes, I say that with a. Hmm. This is kind of what I what I foresee is Tony Khan tweeted out like right before this this episode of Dynamite. He said the wrestling landscape is going to change, right? Which, if he's serious about that, the only way the wrestling landscape can really change is because we have one big dog on the block. It's WWE. And they mm-hmm. control everything. But if you take Every other promotion, whether it's Impact, whether it's Ring of Honor, whether it's AEW, whether it's New Japan, whether it's All Japan, whatever. Like, 
I mean, how excited would people be if there was a pay-per-view that pitted all the world champions of every other promotion against one another in like a tournament? I, I hear you. Or e- even the tag team champions. Or even if like the opener was the North from Impact versus FTR. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I... I I honestly think that's kind of where we're heading. I think AEW is trying to like open the gates up, be like, listen, this is what we've done. We have a major t- TV deal with TNT. We're doing great things over there. Ratings are up. Like, we will invite anyone. And I think the Thunderosa NWA thing, and they they brought in Alice K as well. I think that was like kind of the beginning of that. And now I think we're going to see a full throttle like this is the wrestling industry. What you've done before you come to AEW still counts. It's still important. And I think that's what WWE is missing right now is that when you get WWE, your record or your reputation or whatever you did before you got there is invalid. Where if you come to AEW or TNA or Impact, whatever you want to call it. Ring of Honor or whatever. It's all it's all gonna carry over. I um I would I would I definitely agree hundred percent with what you're with what you're saying. Um I'd only poke a hole in it just because when Sting debuted after Tony, you know, exploded on it to himself, <laughs> they mentioned that and I mean, this is this is really just picking apart words, but they mentioned the fact that it was 18 years since. Um, he had been on TNT. I think they said 18 years. Yeah, since he'd been on TNT. So I guess that's the way you can get around it. But then if you're talking about. And I got and I didn't come up with this myself. I heard this on another another podcast, a cheap heat with Peter Rosenberg. So I'm not going to take credit for it. It was all him. Um, if you're going to have Sting on debut on Impact on AW, and you know at the end of the show you're going to tease a little something with Impact, why wouldn't you mention Sting being a former impact guy you don't have to mention the wwe and i get why you wouldn't mention the wwe everybody knows but you could also i mean maybe now you can do it because you didn't want to like give it away but i just thought that that was interesting that they didn't mention it at all and if you want to be so forthcoming and open about what they've done uh in the wrestling industry even outside of your walls then then you should preach it at all times. Uh, I so did you watch TNA at all before it became Impact? Like when like Sting and Hulk Hogan and Bischoff and all those guys were there. Uh, so yeah, I I watched a good amount. I mean, I've I watched uh, a lot of the beginning of TNA when. AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Christopher Dams were coming up when it was a weekly pay-per-view that you had to order. And I'd go over to my friend's house and watch it there. And then they got on TNN or um, Spike, and I was all about it. Um, they even came up to the Northeast a couple times with a with 
uh, house shows and went to both of those. Um, I watched a good deal of, of Impact Wrestling over the years. I saw a lot of the main event mafia stuff. Um, <laughs> but they <laughs> they kind of fell off. It was uh, terrible. You know, it got it got to a point where it was bad. No, and, it, it and started, I stopped watching. It started it. off bad. I mean, you, you take all these wrestlers from other promotions, whether it's you know, Hulk Hogan or Sting or whomever, they're over mm-hmm. the hill and you you put them as your top guys. And instead of your top guys trying to build up your roster, they were like hogging all the limelight and not trying to build up any young guys. And I think that's why they don't talk about TNA anymore is it was not a well-run organization. And I... And I'm not saying like that we have to, you know, pretend that it never happened. But I, I also think we have to pretend that like what happened there doesn't matter in the landscape of today. So, OK, so at at the point of Hogan and Bischoff being there and a lot of the older guys, the Kevin Nash angle. Booger T, Scott Diner, they did and they did have a wave of when they were hiring a lot of WWE guys um, that were kind of coming in and stepping on the toes of the guys that have been there from the jump, the AJ Styles, the Samoa Joes, the Robert Roods, the Jay Lethals, Jay Lethals, um, you know, a lot of guys. So yes, that was their downfall, and it it didn't. It didn't help matters much because they were pushing the stings, the Kurt Angles, and not pushing the AJ Styles. AJ Styles was supposed to be a TNA impact lifer. Um, He was supposed to be the guy. And maybe he was too young, but there were times where he was supposed to be the guy or Samoa Joe was supposed to be a guy. And... Stuff happens where they they put the title on uh, anybody else but those guys, and then those guys got fed up and left, and they made big names for themselves. I'd I'd say Samoa Joe's WWE stuff, even with his commentary of recent day, has been top notch. AJ goes to Japan, reinvents himself, then he shows up at the Royal Rumble. Um, Jay Lethal goes. Back to Ring of Honor, he was the Ring of Honor world champion for a long time. Um, and they had all these guys in house and and didn't know what to do with them, had bad management at the top. They're a much different company than they are than they were then, though. Um, they're in a much better spot. They have they have uh they have the only thing they really don't have right now, and they've They've kind of helped it out where they may not be on a really good channel right now, but you can also watch their their weekly show on Twitch. Everybody can get on Twitch. Um, well, they'll stream at the same time that they show it on regular TV. Um, and I'll go out of my way to watch uh, an Impact pay-per-view now way more than I would, I'd even say, maybe two or three years ago. 
Yeah, no, I agree with everything you're saying there. I think what we need to take from this is it's a fresh start reboot. I think it's like impact is not impact is not TNA. It it's completely different. They put on a good product now. And yes, I, I think what Tony Khan is trying to do, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think he's trying to unite all the independence and everything under the WWE to make some sort of wrestling alliance of sorts, I guess, you know, I don't know. And I'm totally fine with that. And AEW, since they have the freedom or given their, a lot of their talent, the freedom to go and still wrestle over in new Japan or wherever else, I think they absolutely should take advantage of that. I mean, if you can, why not? I mean, there's so much talent out there that you could take advantage of. Like, do it. Yes, and and I think even with the New Japan piece, maybe even trying to bring some of those guys here. Sure. I think there's enough. They New Japan showed with the shows that they ran here and the pay review that they ran here um, that there's enough of an interest on this side of the water. For them to bring over a Okada, bring over a, a Naito, bring over uh, Baby Kenta, you'll remember him as Hideo Itami. Um, I mean, and they would get a pop, and they would they would do great stuff in the ring, and they could. I know at least not, uh, Okada can cut a promo in English if he needed to. I mean, that, that's my entire thing. Is like, what if from a, a year from now? We're talking about how this little incident brought about a tournament that pitted like Kenny Omega versus Kenny Swan. What's his last name? Or what's his first name? Rich. Rich Rich Swan. Sorry. Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan versus Nick Aldis versus Naito. You know, and it was like a, you know, I I think the, the options are just, huge like what 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 if this is what breaks the barrier you know what i mean like where all these like other promotions yeah. start working together and then we have the wwe that's like one thing and then we have everything else that works together i i think that's a win-win for us fans personally yeah. there's a lot of dream yep, matches exactly in there. what if there's like a tag team tournament that has like you know, the Good Brothers, FTR, the Young Bucks, the North, you know, like it's just... It, the Gorillas of Destiny. Right, it's just stacked from like top to bottom. Yeah. You know, I, Absolutely. And I think that I honestly think, and I know I'm going to sound like a mark here, but I think that's kind of what Tony Khan wants. I don't know if he's going to be able to achieve it or not. He might fall flat on his face and this might all explode, and explode before it ever happens, but I, I'd like to think that this is them testing the waters and seeing if there's something that they can get out of this and if this is something that people want. I know that the three of us here would all be interested in that. Um, I know I'm sure there are plenty of others in the internet wrestling community that would be interested in it. Um, and this, yeah, this could be the genesis of something. Absolutely. All right. Before we get out of here, we need to talk a little bit about NXT TakeOver War Games. 
There are five matches on this card. We submitted our picks uh, to see who's going to win, who's going to lose for bragging rights, as always. Um, Chris did not cheat this time, so I did. uh, I did. Let's uh, let's give Chris a little bit of a shout out. Actually, following directions and making the picks before the pay per view started. We so did have to remind him three people. times before he did it, but he did a good job. A hundred percent. So, we don't necessarily know the order of the matches on the card, but we're just going to list them down. So, let's start with the women's war games match. It is Team. Candice LeRae, which consists of Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm, taking on Team Shotzi of Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rio Ripley, and Io Shirai. Chris, who do you have winning the women's war games matchup? You know, this was really hard for me. I love. Most of the women in this match, I love everyone on Team Shotzi. I like. I love EO. Who who is the question mark? Huh? Who's the question mark? That Raquel. I don't really know her much. I haven't seen her her wrestle much. But like, I love. I love bad. I love bad girl Dakota Kai. I love all these. Let me say this. All the goody two shoes that decide, decided to turn heel, Dakota Kai, um, Candice LeRae, and Bailey, great heel turns. I love every single one of their heel turns. I think you have to throw Tony Storm in there too. And to- Tony Storm just did. She just turned heel. And that yeah. is uh, it's blowing my mind. So um, I'm loving all those heel turns. Um, so I like heel Dakota Kai. I love EO. I love bad Candice LeRae. Um, I think this is good for her. Um, Rhea Ripley. Oh, my God. If I could, if I wasn't already married, I would marry Rhea Ripley. <laughs> when we said our vows and then they pronounced us man and wife, I would say, do the stomp thing. And I would want her to do the little stomp thing when they play her music. <laughs> I love it. I, I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of it. So okay, so let let's let me throw. Ember this is great. Uh, Ember is great. Okay. Um, so you know, just very uh, athletic, and you know, she does crazy, you know, amazing things within the ring. Um, who am I forgetting? That's there, everybody on the teams. Uh, Shotzi, Io Shotzi. I think Shotzi's hilarious when she comes out in the tank. I look. I just like her her look, her gimmick. Mm-hmm. I love Shotzi. And she like I saw some like indie stuff of her. She like is real big and like sacrificing the body, which I think is commendable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean both teams are I feel like are stacked and like you couldn't you can't go wrong either way. Uh, I went with Team Candice because they're the heel team in this, and just I feel like when in doubt, pick go heel. So, so let me let me throw this at you, Chris. Uh-huh. Um, if, because your wedding, to your credit, 
Uh, when you introduce the wedding party, you Kara allowed you because you know it's it's the woman's day, but Kara allowed you to have everybody come out to different wrestling themes. Yeah, definitely uh, one of my favorite parts of your whole your whole wedding. Right. So if if Rhea Ripley was around then, and maybe she was. Maybe not to this extent, though. She, I don't think she was this. Okay, so I don't think she was wasn't there yet. At that point. Okay, so if this Rhea Ripley was around then, and you would you have gone to Kara and said, "I pronounce here, I now pronounce you husband and wife," and it would you ask Kara? My sister-in-law to do the stomp thing. No, Kara wouldn't get it, and she wouldn't be able to get the height of the leg. It wouldn't be the same. I think you're selling Kara no, short no. personally. I think you are selling Kara you short. Think Kara could do. I'll, we'll see. I'll I'll ask her if she could do it. I'll show it to her and see if she could do it. I I, I think she could do it. Pull it off. I'll play I, the music on my phone. I'll play the music on my phone. You got to do it right now, and I'll count you. In. <laughs> <laughs> I think she'll be able to do it, honestly. Um, Pilch, what do you have for uh, this women's war games match? So I I had Team Shotzi in this match only because mm-hmm. they destroyed her tank, and I feel like she had to get some tank revenge. Oh, 100%. Honestly, I love the other teams so much more. I love... Heal Dakota Kai. You all know my love for Tony Storm. Yes. I think Candice LeRae is probably the best women's wrestler in wrestling right now. I, I, I just think she, she plays her role so well. Like she's so sniveling and when she needs to be tough, she's tough. And when she gets to hide behind somebody, she hides behind them. Like, she's just fantastic. I honestly, I hope Team Candace wins, but my vote was for Team Shotzi. So, I I also enjoy to watch all eight competitors in this match. Um, I do agree that the heel turns of Candice, Dakota Kai, and Tony Storm were done perfectly, and they are doing wonderful work as heels. Um, Chris, you said you hadn't seen much of Raquel Gonzalez. Think of if Dakota Kai... Think of Raquel Gonzalez is the diesel to Dakota Kai's Shawn Michaels. Okay. okay. I, mean, I, yeah. I, I got that. I get the, like the big, strong... Big heater for Dakota Kai. I know she does that one arm power bomb. I've seen her do that like multiple times. I think she even did it to Rhea Ripley. They had a match, right? Yeah. Yes. She is rather she is rather strong. From what I've seen of Raquel, like I don't I don't hate her. I just I don't know enough about her. I've seen everyone else like wrestle multiple times to know that I like them. Totally get it. Um, but 
you know, I explained to you guys and I explained to the listeners of the Triple R podcast the rule that I have when it comes to women's wrestlers and wrestling matches. Bailey is not in this match. Okay, so we have multiple waifus. Oh, oh here we go. So here we go. My other waifu is Ember Moon. Oh, boy. So Team Shotzi is my pick for go. the contest. <laughs> and strictly because of Ember Moon being wow. in the stable of waifus. Okay, moving on to the next match on the list. It is Tommaso Ciampa taking on Timothy Thatcher. Two guys I enjoy very much in the ring. Um, Pilch, who do you got for this this match here? Tommaso Ciampa versus Timothy Thatcher. Ciampa, just because he's Tommaso Ciampa. Not really have another explanation. So uh, let's go Ciampa. <laughs> Chris, you're going with Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, well. yeah. I, you can't see me right now, but I'm clapping and patting my back right now. I, I love the, when he sits on the apron, he does. Oh, Ciampa is, oh, my God. Ever since he turned on Gargano, that whole thing. Wait, Johnny oh, Takeover? It was, oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And then his whole run, when he gets the title, hits his uh, – what does he call it? It's, it's, it's not as precious. It's the, what do you call it? The belt. Oh, Goldie. 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 His Goldie. He's going to get Goldie back. And the way he would come out and he would just hold it so tight because he didn't want to. Oh, my God. I love every second of it. He got the new music. Ciampa just, he can do no wrong. Tommaso Ciampa can do no wrong. And he's amazing in the ring. He's a savage in the ring. He is. So you never bet against Ciampa. So, so I'm going to make it a clean sweep here, and I'm going to go with Tommaso Ciampa. Um, within the last, uh, is it like seven years now, maybe longer? Uh, we started to get the broadcast of Ring of Honor on our local airways up here, where me and my brother Chris live. Um, and one of the first people that I saw on Ring of Honor television was this guy named Tommaso Ciampa. And he looked like a madman. He didn't have his beard. He had like a mohawk, but it was like a buzz cut mohawk and was just wild and aggressive and, uh, you know, just wrestled differently than a lot of the other people that were in Ring of Honor at that time. And I instantly took a liking to him. He goes to WWE, does the stuff with DIY, phenomenal with Johnny Gargano. The heel turn, amazing. I loved his entire run when he did not have music. It oh, was yeah. That was phenomenal. good. Phenomenal. Yeah. And he had the Titan Tron back there, and it was just a picture. And as soon as the picture came up on the Titan Tron, the entire uh, full sale arena would just boo and boo the whole time he walked to the ring. That was his music, and it was perfect. 100%. The, that entire run with him with no music um, was phenomenal. And then he got the music, No One Will Survive, 
And that is definitely on my Spotify wrestling theme songs playlist. And I listen to it constantly. I am a huge fan of Tommaso Ciampa, just as much as I'm a huge fan of Timothy Thatcher. I'm always about those the wrestlers that work limbs and whatnot. But Tommaso Ciampa is one in this one here. Next up. The very strange and creepy Dexter Loomis is taking on Cameron Grimes. Chris, me. who do you have for this match? Dexter Loomis against Cameron Grimes. I'm going Dexter Loomis. Um, Cameron Grimes, honestly, never seen him. Don't really know much about him. Dexter Loomis, I haven't seen him actually wrestle, but I've seen him like the like his run-ins when he just like, Pops up and he's just staring at people with his wide eyes. And then he'll, he'll like, you know, randomly attack people and just like use this uh, submission and just like put him to sleep. That's all I've ever seen. him. I've never seen him in an actual match. So this will be the first time I watch him and I'm I'm just going with him based on look alone. I'm going with Dexter Loomis. He does have a great look. Pilch, who do you got? Dexter Loomis, you're going straight to the moon, baby. Cameron Grimes. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've become a big fan. I've become a big fan of Cam of Cameron Grimes. Um, got a little bit of a glimpse of him in Impact. Um, I forgot was his Trevor Lee was his name in Impact. Um, but he came over to NXT. Cameron Grimes. Uh, I don't know. I just like him. I like his his whole spiel. Like he can talk on the mic. He can wrestle in the ring. He he's a little hairy, but you know whatever. Some people like that. Cameron Grimes is great. He he sends people straight to the moon. Wears a top hat. It's all great. Yeah, no, I'm going Cameron Grimes here as well. Um, next up, triple threat match for the NXT North American title. Damian Priest. Johnny Gargano and the champion Leon Ruff. Chris, who do you got? I'm going with Leon Ruff, the current champion. Um, I think he's going to somehow figure out a way to win. I mean, he's very scrappy. Um, he's already beat Gargano once. Mm -hmm. the, the head scratcher is going to be how is he going to incapacitate Damian Priest. I think that's going to be more of a Gargano thing. And then once Gargano tries to, um, you know, incapacitate Priest, I think Ruff is going to catch Gargano with like a schoolboy, like something stupid. It's going to be like something, you know, schoolboy uh, roll up or small package, something around, something along those lines. Like Gargano's not expecting it. Thinks he has an easy win once he's like incapacitated priest and he's going to take out, think he has rough taken care of. And I think it's going to be like a quick little, not quick, but like that's how it's going to, I think that's the finish. So I'm going to go Damian priest here. Um, I, I don't think, I think the fact that, Priest has kind of helped Ruff around like Johnny Gargano re in recent weeks. Um, I think that's going to be the, the the turning point where maybe Ruff's going to think he's got an ally, but Priest is going to want to get the title. Um, so I'm going Damian Priest here. 
Justin Pilcher, what do you got? I'm going Johnny Takeover here. Um, you know, he's good at takeovers. I think the uh, Scream guy is going to play a big role in this match. I also mm, kind of I forgot about that. I pick Gargano kind of similarly as to why you pick Priest Warren. Is I think we're going to have a Priest Rough Alliance versus Gargano and whoever is in the Scream match. Eventually, Damian Priest is going to win the title back. I just think we're like two to three weeks away from it. So I think they're going to give Johnny Takeover a little shine in between. Johnny Johnny Takeover is definitely a real thing. Even if he's uh, this different and heel-ish version of, John, of Johnny Gargano, he's still, still Johnny Takeover and still uh, performs best in big spots like this. Um, the main event of the evening is the men's war games match between the undisputed era and team McAfee with Pat, uh, team McAfee with Pat McAfee, Pete Dunn, Danny Birch and Oni Lorkin. Pilch, who do you got in this main event? So I think uh, Team Pat McAfee is going to win this one, or the Gods, or whatever they call themselves. Um, I would have picked Undisputed Era until last week's NXT, where we had that Undisputed Era like going away dinner. I think Adam Cole mm-hmm. and maybe. Kyle O'Reilly are going to go up to the main roster. I think this is their swan song in NXT. I think they're going to lose. So, uh, Team Pat all the way. And they're going to be the big heel stable that everyone has to overcome here on out. Chris, who do you got in this main event? Shock the system. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. I think this is a game. Undisputed Era, baby. They held all the titles. This is their match. They wouldn't have War Games if it wasn't for Undisputed Era. This match was made for them. They rule supreme in the War Games match. Undisputed Era all day. I I have to agree with my brother Chris. Um, they are veterans of this NXT War Games match. Um, I want to say they've been in every single one. Every single one. In in some in some form, where it was where before Roddy Stro- before Roderick Strong joined, when he did join. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, I think it'll be too much for them to overcome. I think Team McAfee has gone over in spots with them enough. Uh, enough. I wouldn't say enough, but they've gotten theirs more times than the Undisputed Era has gotten their stuff. And I think it's Undisputed Era's turn to to get their quote-unquote win back. Uh, so I'm going to go Undisputed Era. Uh, for Pat that. McAfee is probably the best uh, on the mic in NXT right now. In NXT right I, now? Oh, he, he is, his oh. promos are fantastic. 
I'm I'm not going to disagree with his promos are fantastic, but best in in NXT when on the mic, you, on you the still mic. not in the ring. On the no no, no uh, totally on the mic. Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano's good on the mic. Um, Cameron Grimes is good on the mic. Cameron Grimes is ridiculous. Sure. I mean, I love Cameron Grimes. <laughs> He he talks he talks <laughs> a bunch of nonsense. He he says he's gonna send someone to the moon and then he runs away, which I love. He is uh, he is a hundred percent not a liability. No, on I, I love Cameron Grimes. He's not. If we're gonna talk about Mike's skills, I think I personally think that the women's division in NXT is better than anyone in the men's division on NXT on the mic. Minus Io Shirai, who doesn't really speak English that way, which isn't her fault. I think even with that, Ishii's good on the mic. Yeah. I, Hot dog eating contest. I beat Candice. <laughs> T-shirt folding contest. I beat Candice. <laughs> Turning the lights on and off really quickly. I beat Candice. Mm. No, I. I bottom, bottom, bottom line is she's beating Candice. Yeah, she always beats Candice. So I think it's safe to wrap things up here. We got our picks. They are locked in. We will revisit them on our next pre-show in a week's time. Um, but the next time you're going to be here, the three of us will be Sunday. And it will be ECW's Heat Wave 98 um, on the docket. And uh, it'll be Chris versus Pilch. Um, how are you guys feeling about that? Good. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> are you Are you sure? As, as, the, <laughs> as the competition of Chris bored you to tears. I said good. <laughs> Chris said Chris said nothing. I said good. So I was waiting for you to answer. What? What'd you say, Chris? You want to fight? I said I was waiting for you to answer. I was waiting for you to go first, and then I was gonna <laughs> answer. So I said good. What do you got to say about good? I mean, you know. We'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. See, I, I got some notes, man. I psyched them out. I got some psyched notes. I got a lot of notes. He's tilted. I I just I was trying to amp up the the episode, but now you guys have uh unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. So just rewind and <laughs> Cut that section out. All right. Well, we'll we'll see everyone uh, next in a couple of days. A couple I was, days. I always want to say next week, but it's really a couple of days. Yeah, we'll see literally four in a couple days. days. And uh, uh, oh, plugs! Gotta get the plugs in. Instagram. Gotta get the plugs in. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's Triple R Pod. The website is triplerpodcast.com. The email, the real triplerpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, 
and Stitcher. Uh, and then there's the other ones that I've never heard of that Chris mentioned. Uh, every the other, other, only other one I ever mentioned is Podcast Addict. Yeah, that's you the one on there. Yeah. Or if you're if you're really into technology, you can just get the quote unquote RSS feed. If you yeah, you can do that. Too. I, sure. I just have no clue to do that. Yeah, too whatever much you want to do. Uh, <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me today. Thank you, the listeners, for joining us today. We will see you guys on Sunday for Heat Wave 1998. Uh, Goodbye.